Geeks, it's Ian Paget here. I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. This week's show is going to be a solo episode where I'll discuss idea generation techniques for logo design. But before I dive into that, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Are you good at designing mood boards? And are you good at translating a client brief into a visual solution? Technically both the same question, but if you've answered yes to those two questions, Adobe have a mood board design challenge for you that I think you'll enjoy called The Perfect Match. And if you want to take part in that, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play Choose a brand from their website and then design a mood board for that using Adobe stock assets. And just by doing that and submitting that entry, you will receive a gift. But also on top of that, if your design is chosen, you'll be invited to be part of Adobe's monthly live streaming game show where you could win $1,000. It's a huge opportunity to prove your design capabilities and to get in front of a huge audience. So if you're excited to enter or simply want to learn more about that, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. I'm keen to see as many listeners enter this as possible. Um, So it is worth spending 30 minutes to create your entry And if you do enter, share what you've done in the Logo Geek community on Facebook and tag me because I'd absolutely love to see what you enter. So again, if you do want to enter that, and like I said, by simply submitting an entry, you will receive a gift. So you can't lose, you're going to win something. Just head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So this week I've decided to hit record and do a solo episode and the topic that I'm going to focus on is a very important one and that's to talk about how I come up with ideas for logo design. Without a good idea you basically don't have a logo so generating ideas is the most important step of the logo design process. But I am aware that staring at a blank piece of paper can be very daunting. So there's a couple of idea generation exercises that I use uh, to help me along the way. And I want to share these with you today. So let's dive into each of these. So the first one is word mapping. Word mapping is an amazing technique that I use to help me think of ideas outside the box. So I start by, you know, getting a big sheet of paper and writing down a word related to the business in the middle of the paper. And that word can be related to the company name, the type of products or services that they offer, their tagline, their values, uh, basically anything that I feel could help me to generate ideas. 
I'll then draw a circle around that word and I'll start to extend lines from that and start to write down as many words that I can think of that are associated with that word. And to speed this process up, I often use a thesaurus, obviously the online one. So as an example, if I was designing a logo for a property letting company, I might start with the word estate agent and then add associated words around that, such as rent, house, moving, property, flat, and so on. Then from each one of those words, I, I want to add words associated to that. So from the word moving, I might add on words such as van, boxes, packaging, tape, and then I'll just keep extending these words as much as I can. So I'm, I'm going to repeat that exercise for as many words as I needed just to spark ideas. So while I'm writing down those words, I might start to picture a potential idea. So rather than just focusing on the, the word mapping, I might sketch down the idea and then return to the word map because the idea of the word map is to help you generate ideas. So word mapping helped me with one particular project called British Overland, which is an adventure company who hire out Land Rover defenders for exploring the stunning landscapes that Britain has to offer. So I started with the word British, which eventually led me to the word lion. And that single word allowed me to picture a lion running across the British Overland uh, which actually became the concept for the final logo in that case. So another exercise that I like to use in combination with word mapping is to draw icons, shapes, and symbol related to those words. So Google can be really handy for this. So if you were to search one of the words followed by symbol, you're going to be given a list of commonly associated objects, icons, marks, all associated to that word. So what I do is I sketch everything that I see that seems appropriate. And then what I'll do is I'll find ways of combining objects to create some kind of new symbol. So that's why it's called picture mix and match. So as an example, I worked on a logo for a company in Manchester called Astro Blue Properties, um, who are an estate agent in Manchester. And at first I Googled estate agent symbols where I came across symbols such as houses, keys, contracts, location pins, all this sort of stuff. And then I started to look at space symbols and obviously things that come to mind are rockets, planets, aliens, telescopes, moon, satellites, you get the idea. But it was when I sketched down on paper that I could see that I could combine the shape of a rocket ship with a house. And that became a really effective solution for the business. And by happy accident, the combined shapes also work well to create an abstract A for Astro Blue Properties. So it seemed really appropriate for the company. So the next thing I do to try and come up with ideas is ask myself if I can tell a story. So one of my favorite approaches for idea generation is to visually tell a story. 
And this is something that you can draw from the project brief or from any further reading that you might do into the business or service offering. So as an example, I worked on a logo for a business called Soul Somatic, who offer a type of therapy called somatic experiencing, which is designed to help heal trauma and other stressful disorders. So this therapy works on sensations in the body that are stuck following a stressful experience. And by bringing attention to these sensations, uh, such as the emotion of anger, our body will follow the natural intuition for action that was previously suppressed. So completing the action brings closure to the previously stuck impulses addressing the root cause of the trauma symptoms. So through researching that, I discovered that ancient indigenous communities uh, like those from the Amazon rainforest had healing systems that would draw on the body's natural healing energy in the same way that somatic experiencing does. So for reference, I looked into tribal ceramics, body paint, headdresses, and art where I discovered uh, lots of swirl type symbols were used, uh, which represented energy uh, we used throughout a lot of the artwork. So the final logo that I did for the company included two of these energy swirls to form the letter S but also the combination of the two shapes also help to visually explain somatic experiencing. So the first swirl would represent the original trauma. And then the second swirl uh, would show the trauma being experienced the second time in the form of therapy. And then what I've done at the top of that logo is show the release of pain using lines. So it looks like lines of a sun. So the actual symbol looks very much like it's uh, done by indigenous communities, uh, but actually it's very uh, representative of the company and what they do. And the solution worked really well. So in terms of the next idea generation technique that I use, uh, I call it the four categories. So in Michael Shoemate's book called Logo Design Theory, he theorized that logo concepts are broken down into only four categories. So I actually had Michael Shoemate on the podcast a year or so back. So you can hear him explain this in his own words. Uh, so just head to logogeek.uk forward slash 84 and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But anyway, so these four categories are corporate activity, corporate ideals, corporate name, and abstract. So knowing this, you're basically provided with a framework to reference when generating ideas. So I'm going to explain each one of these four categories. So corporate activity, that describes the logos that show something about the product or activity of the company. So, for example, the World Wildlife Fund uh, shows a giant panda to symbolize endangered species. Um, and then U.S. Open Tennis Championship uses a tennis ball in flight. And then a burger is used in the Burger King logo. The next one is corporate ideals. And that references something about the qualities or ideals uh, that the company aspires for such as superiority, strength, speed, and accuracy. 
and this can be seen in things like the Nike swoosh, which has been designed to represent the wing of the Greek goddess of victory. Um, the Barclays logo features a heraldic eagle, which is a representation of courage and power. And the Premier League logo features a lion, which is shown through English heraldry, implying the belonging of royal blood. The next one is corporate name. And these are logos that simply reference the name of the company. And uh, it often has nothing to do with the product or service itself. So for example, the Apple in the Apple logo, the Bell in the Taco Bell logo, and the Whirl in the Whirlpool logo. And the last one is abstract logos, which say very little about the company, but they can be unique and distinct. For example, the Slack logo includes like a stylized hashtag. The Mitsubishi logo has the three diamond symbols and the McDonald's logo features its golden arches. So if then, now we've got these four, you then consider that you only really have three possible components to work with, you know, a, a word mark, a letter mark, or a symbol, then you can easily plan out potential ideas for each that consider those four concepts. So if you were to just sketch one idea for each of those, you'll immediately have 12 ideas. And if you sketched out three for each, you know, you're quickly going to have 36. So it's a really good framework to use to come up with ideas for a logo. So just before I move on to more idea generation techniques, I, I want to take a short moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, which is the perfect match. So something as designers do frequently is to translate a brief into visuals. And in most cases, that's done with a mood board. But have you ever wondered how good you are at translating your client brief into visuals? Well, now is your chance to find out, and that's thanks to The Perfect Match. And all you need to do is head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play, pick a brand, and then design a mood board using Adobe Stock Assets, and then enter it into The Perfect Match. By doing that, you will receive a gift. But if your design is really good, you'll be entered in to be part of Adobe's monthly live streaming game show, along with other talented designers like you, where you have the chance to win $1,000. It's totally free to participate. So if you want to take part in the perfect match, or if you simply want to learn more, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play and keen for as many listeners as possible to enter into this. So all you need to do is spend 30 minutes on this. And as I mentioned, you'll get a free gift by simply entering. Uh, so it's a win-win. And if you do decide to enter, I'd absolutely love to see what you do. So feel free to share your entry in the Logo Geek community on Facebook and tag me in it so that I don't miss it. So again, if you want to enter that, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So let's move on to more logo idea generation techniques. So the next one is to design the negative space. So when you're designing on a white background, your eyes will focus on everything in color. But when you invert that design and place it onto black, 
that negative space that will become much more visible uh, than you might have expected. So that means that if there are any unusual shapes, they might become an unwanted distraction. So be sure to be conscious of designing both the positive and negative space within your logo. And on occasion, you can actually take advantage of that situation by making the negative space a design feature. As one example, uh, I worked on a logo for a company called Conservation Evidence, which is a resource that is intended to support those that are making uh, choices about maintaining and restoring biodiversity. So I, I developed an idea that combined like a book with leaves of a sprouting plant. And by happy accident, I noticed that within the negative space, it resembled a tree. So that could be the tree of life, which is great for biodiversity. Um, so I further developed that into the logo. So that actually became a prominent feature of the design. So the next thing is to use what's called semiotics to assist with your choices. One question that you might have when translating your project brief is how do you know what style is right, what font, what shape, and so on. I could give you surface level advice to answer this, but if you understand semiotics, you'll be able to start to answer these questions on your own. So it's an important skill to have. From the moment that we're born into this world, we learn from the things that we hear, we see, we touch and smell. And as a result, we begin to associate colors, shapes and forms with different areas of life. As an example, if we were to look at traffic lights, we immediately know that red means stop and green means go. If I was to ask you to assign a color to boys and another to girls, most people would pick blue for boys and pink for girls. And this knowledge, we're not born with that. They are signs that we are taught and have been established over a long period of time through the culture that we live in. We carry cultural lessons like this throughout our life. So when we encounter a brand for the first time, we're ultimately going to use all of our cultural experiences from growing up to help figure out what a brand is all about. And that's what semiotics is. It's the study of signs and symbols, so words, images, sounds, gestures, and objects and looks to understand how any meaning has been created for them. I did an interview last year with a consumer psychologist called Dr. Rachel Laws, who wrote a book on this topic. And she has a fascination with the semiotics of weddings. And she explained to me that in the Western part of the world, brides are keen that their weddings be different and that there be something special and unique to them. But what makes any event special is the repetitive features. So with a wedding, it's the dress, it's the bridesmaids, it's the ceremony and so on. But if you were to take away too many of these features, it no longer feels like a wedding. And, and this is because the semiotic signs that we've grown used to that made it a wedding have been stripped away. So it no longer feels like a wedding. And this logic applies to logo design too. 
And that's the reason why it's important that a logo is appropriate. So while differentiation is key for a successful logo, if you're designing an identity for an accounting business, you'll want to leverage all of the cultural cues that make it feel trustworthy and credible. And that will naturally determine the font styles you choose, the colors you choose, and so on. So if you don't leverage those attributes, you'll be facing an uphill battle of re-educating the masses about those features of the business. The world that we live in is full of visual cues that we can take advantage of when working on a logo to subconsciously communicate messages and add meaning to our design work. If you're anything like me, understanding the role of semiotics will open your eyes. So you'll start to learn from everything around you. Um, You're going to become much more observant. Um, You're going to start asking more questions and you'll be much more open to experiences that allow you to better understand the symbols that you see and where their meaning has come from. So the next thing is to sketch everything, even the bad ideas. So I'm quite a messy sketcher. I see so many perfect, carefully drawn out logos when browsing on Instagram. But in most cases, I I don't personally think that's real life. And it can be intimidating for those new to the industry. What I believe you're seeing is a refined sketch and not the planning and development that went into that idea. So when you're generating ideas, only you see it. That means it doesn't matter what it looks like. So just scribble, play, have fun. The idea is just to get the ideas out of your head, even the rubbish ideas. You'll often think of boring, unoriginal, or stupid ideas, which you might immediately dismiss, but draw them anyway. Once they're down on paper, you'll sometimes realize that they actually do have potential and may form the foundation for an unexpected idea that you wouldn't have considered if you didn't note down the idea. So let ideas develop on the paper rather than in your head. Don't just sit thinking about them, draw them and keep drawing, draw everything. I usually sketch out hundreds of ideas, uh, sometimes the same idea over and over again with slight variations, but I'll keep going until I have a handful of strong ideas that I feel have real potential to develop further. And I'll never just stop at one good idea. I keep experimenting and exploring uh, to make sure that I've explored the full potential of the project. I like to spend at least a day exploring ideas on paper, if not more, as having a good idea is the most important part of the design process. It's also substantially faster to explore the possibilities on paper. So I'll keep going until I have a solid plan before I'll jump into Illustrator. So I want to briefly talk about combating creative block. So hopefully the techniques that I've described so far through this episode will help you to explore plenty of great ideas. But unless you're insanely gifted, 
which I know some people are, coming out with an original logo that correctly represents the business and differentiates from the competition is really, really hard. And because it's hard, it will mean that you'll frequently feel that you're making no progress or that you've hit what's commonly referred to as creative block. But don't worry, this happens to everybody. I've had days where I worked all day long sketching ideas only to reach the end of the day uh, without a single good idea. And that feeling sucks, but you need to keep going and accepting that idea generation is a muddy mess of exploring ideas and it's just part of the design process. You might have hundreds of terrible scribbles and crappy ideas, but all you really need is one incredible idea. Just one incredible idea. So keep going until you find that perfect solution. Of course, if you ever feel completely drained ideas, it's okay to take a break, go for a walk, get some rest, play a game, do the washing up, go for a nap if needed, do whatever you need to do. You will return with a fresh perspective and you may even find that during that time away, without even thinking about the project, that you dreamt up unexpected ideas. So keep a sketchbook on you in your back pocket or by your bed just in case those ideas crop up. Ideas can come from weird places sometimes. So don't give up. Just trust the process. It's all part of the process. So after I've got all of these great ideas, there's obviously going to be this process where you want to select the best ideas. So once I have several pages of scribbles, notes and ideas, and I feel I've exhausted the possibilities, what I do is I'll pick up a highlighter pen or a different color pen and I'll start to circle the ideas in my sketchbook that I feel are the strongest and worth developing in Illustrator. So my ultimate goal is to find the most suitable logo for the business. So what I'll do is I'll refer back to the brief when I'm making my choice. Like I said, most of my ideas will be really bad. That's normal. But there's always going to be a couple or at least one that has real potential and could be the perfect logo for the company. So there's normally going to be one or two that I feel are very strong and fill me with excitement. So I'll circle those, uh, but there might be one or two directions that I feel have something happening but need further development. So I'll circle those two because I can start exploring those as well. Most of the time after selecting a few directions, even if they are rough, I'll proceed to develop them on the computer. On occasion, if the design is particularly complicated or if I want a break from the computer, I like to do the bulk of that development work on paper. So I've found sometimes, I don't do this very often, but sometimes tracing paper can be really helpful for this. Um, basically, what you do is you sketch out your logos and then obviously you trace over the top of it and do variants of that. And that approach using tracing paper was actually used prior to computers coming along and it's you know still a very useful approach so if you have some tracing paper or if you don't have any tracing paper get some and try it it's actually quite fun to quickly generate variants of an idea that you have sketched out 
So I hope this solo episode has been useful for you. If you do have any other ideas and tips to expand on anything that I've said in this, feel free to share them in the Logo Geek community on Facebook. And you can find it by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash community. So that is it for this week, but I'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek podcast. <laughs>